0: listening to season five of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Views from the Bridge is part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer writing, content, and other information, check out bgn.fm. Now let's get right to it.
1: Do we want to be a good team or do we want to be
0: great? Hey, welcome into Views from the Bridge, your second favorite Philadelphia Union podcast. I am your host some of the time uh Justin Ashcraft here with you on the pod tonight. Uh I've got two of the guys here with me. So uh Chuck Booth is here. I am. <laughs> <laughs> stating freshly, just stating freshly showered tonight.
2: Um hey, it puts me in a better mood for actually podcasting after what has been a very long day and um yeah it's good that we have fun things to talk about for a change
0: i was gonna say the union didn't put you in a better mood to be talking about this
2: oh they did i mean heck uh i'm the one who messaged like hey shouldn't we probably <laughs> shouldn't talk we about goals for a change
0: <laughs> i like talking about goals uh and uh paul katrino is here with me too Hey, hey. Yeah, uh, showering
1: is good self-care, Chuck. I totally understand that from a getting ready for a podcast perspective, especially now that we do have some video elements of the show, which is pretty cool. Um, fun to see the union heating up uh, at pretty much the perfect time for their run of form, which is great because I'm going to join them in heating up by doing a little Hot Ones challenge here. On today's episode, we will be starting with The Los Caliente Verde. This is a 5 out of 10 on the uh, Scoville scale of a show about hot wings. And I'll just be talking about Union stuff while doing some hot sauce here. You know, just in
2: an ode to heating up. So, like, you, you talked about mentioning a wild card. And, like, of all the things that I could have thought of you throwing... At us as a wrinkle in the podcast. Um, this is not anything that would be even close to my radar. Which is like, I, I just don't know how in this many years of knowing you, you still find ways to surprise. Oh, me. Chuck, that's how we keep the relationship so spicy. You know, just like this hot sauce here.
1: <laughs> All right, here, here we go. So, as you can see on the video, as you can, the see, you can see, you can see that video sauce coming out of there, right? I eat this chip, but uh as we're eating this chip, why don't we talk about this hot this hot performance that yeah,
2: we've got. We We really are just playing into um everyone now getting
0: videos of us. It's it's definitely I mean it's be, it's better than doing visual visuals on an audio, which we've done for years. Uh now we actually have the visuals visuals to back our audio up, so that's good. Uh yeah, the Union um looked like the Union uh in a game against uh a uh I guess a second half team in Toronto. Uh 4-2 to the good guys this time. And um, this one was pretty much over by halftime though. So I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? A lot of a lot of things to talk about.
2: Um, I mean, overall, it was great. It' Unfortunate that they did allow the two goals. Um, like, you would have liked to finish that strong, but also they finished it the most important way with a win and everyone healthy for LAFC this week.
1: Yeah, I can kind of see that they they, they lost their focus a little bit there at the end. I mean... When you consider how much they were bullying their center backs all game, it kind of seemed like a moot point to kind of punish them further in that same way, even though they were bringing in new guys to play a different style. But, like, they clearly took their foot off the gas a little bit. And I guess in that game, when you are trying to protect bodies, that's fine. Insigne's foot is always going to produce one really, really good shot of game and not much Blake could do there but again if it's three points you take it especially you know when the most important factor is the three points at this point in the season
0: yeah it's the union i mean season. the union needed the points so yeah. got the points which is what is important in that in that uh yeah in this game uh first goal which one was I? I'm like totally. Which was the first? First goal was either the one that bounced around the box and somehow just ended up at the back of the net, or the other one that uh, Ure kind of kicked toward the net, but then it just kind of uh, ended up in the back of the net too. Uh, either way, not good defending. Uh, the
1: first one was the own goal, uh, Justin. Uh, okay. Yeah. Really, yeah. Um, as a defender, when you're trying to do a clearance like that, you really just need to advise us to. Where is your body right now? Like, if you're going to swing your leg aimlessly into this ball on the ground, are you facing the goal? Maybe don't do that. Um, These are things that they teach defenders early on, uh, after maybe a few introductory courses in defending. But, uh, I mean, this kind of set the tone for the defense that entire game, right? I mean, shoot themselves in the foot a couple times. I mean, I won't get too far ahead with Sean Johnson's mistakes (laughs) because but yeah, that that first goal was funny. That was a funny goal.
2: (laughs) The funny thing, well, the funny thing is Toronto's defense for the entire first half played like the Union's defense has been playing for the first five minutes of every game this season um except they continued it like they they made so many mistakes that made it look like they've never played together and like then you look at every player on the roster and like these are mostly professionals who have years of experience under their belt and they're playing like rookies so I don't even want to say they're playing like USL players because the USL back line still holds their line better than they did.
0: It was not. It was not pretty. It was not a pretty defensive effort by Toronto for sure. Um, yeah, I think that first goal. I mean, it, that was the nice thing about that first goal, even though it wasn't really the anything the Union did to get it into the back of the net. Um, the, the. Um, like the union put the ball in the position that it needed to be to get bounced around the box and into the net. And I think that that's, uh, you know, I think we've been talking all season long about the union starting out slow and coming out kind of sloppy at the beginning of games. And this game was definitely, it seems like they've worked on that this week, uh, in, in training of like, we're not, we can't start games slow all the time and expect to come back and win them or draw them or whatever. Uh, so they came out in this one. In the first ten minutes or so, were all over Toronto, um, and made it. Yeah, I mean, put the ball in the positions that it needed to be to score. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when you're facing a team with uh, Bernadeschi and and Insigne, yet yeah, the best thing to do is not let them have the ball. And for the majority of the first half, neither Bernadeschi or Insigne got on the ball that much. So good on the union
1: yeah the last thing you want to do is let those guys start heating up um just like this red hot ruben hot sauce that i have here next on the gauntlet um this is guaranteed to burn twice uh it's got a chipotle smoke to it uh so we're gonna just go ahead and uh oh that comes out thick oh that's a lot oh dear um but like to to the credit (laughs) to the credit of toronto um they do have Sean Johnson in net, which, you know, should give them a little bit of an advantage in these situations. But um, I don't know why anyone would ever decide to save that ball. I mean, they hadn't really given up any set-piece goals during this season. I don't know why he was afraid of a corner kick. That's not really where Union goals come from. And then, to argue for a foul by Carranza, i mean he's just, i think he's lost the point i, I truly think he's lost the point uh, as a as a starting goalie
0: yeah, there was no there was nothing close to a foul now. <laughs> I mean Carranza just beat him to the ball, you know, and he just puts his back, you know he turns away from the ball, lets Johnson try <laughs> to jump over him, which didn't work. And then he goes and gets the ball and sends it back across the net. And luckily, Ure is there to kind of direct it towards the goal. Uh, It did take a a deflection, but... Yeah, I don't... Sean Johnson had no right to argue there. Yeah, I mean, these are things that just
2: happen when you have no confidence in your defense, though. Like, I... Like, we've seen plenty of times where Sean Johnson has been a perfectly capable goalkeeper, both for that other New York club and for the national team. Um, So like, I don't really want to put this on him, not knowing what he's supposed to do, but when you see defenders executing stupid back passes, not marking their men, you do kind of have to take everything upon yourself, even if it seems like it's something that should have absolutely nothing to do with you. And those are just the situations that Toronto has put him in where as they just send players there to die. Um, But, again, like, it still just doesn't matter because it's whatever Mikel Ure needed to get his first MLS hat trick player of the week honors and... um, it's showing how early we are still in the season he is 5th in the golden boot standings in the league now it's pretty damn impressive it's pretty damn
1: impressive because he's doing it in a bunch of different ways like the hold up play is like really just fantastic to see from him he's kind of using his body more to kind of be that physical presence up top he makes smart runs, and when he gets into open space, he's fast. Just, like, everything you really, like, wanted to ask for in, like, a complete striker, you know? It's it's really nice to oh, see. That, I
2: mean, that's what, the, that's what made you, like, just so mad watching him earlier in the season. And, and I mean, I don't want to take a game against Toronto to say that everything is fixed, because there's... It's still Toronto, but like, uh, is it burning twice, Paul?
1: The second one just kicked in a little bit.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Really good Um, flavor. But it really, really (laughs) spices. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, that is at least good that it's a flavorful spice. Would put Um, on stuff. But yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's just, it's just like he has it in him to be one of the best strikers at MLS and I mean, he has competition on his own team in William Carranza. But when like you're a big dude at six like body a defender, like it was so great to actually just see him back into a center back and like score from getting a physical advantage because like really we've, Seen more of his goals just come from, I made a good run, beat this player off the run and like placed my shot perfectly. But it's like, he can do both. And when you have like two people up top who can just like knock you down and score a goal, that's just so much more for defenses to think about when most teams want to play with one physical center back and then one center back that sits back. Um, and the union at their best don't allow you to do that.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, current Ure had one, he had a shot at some point in the game. I don't remember what it was, uh, where he was bodying the defender and kind of somehow rolled off the defender and got the shot away. I, that one didn't go in, but it like, but it showed how dangerous he can be when he is physical like that. And I, I think you're right, Chuck, when the, the problem for opposing teams against the union is when Carranza and Ure are both at their best, which I would argue Carranza may have been a little, little off in this game, not a ton, but he was a little bit off in this game. But when you have two defenders or two strikers like that, who, when they're both operating at their best, you can't key on either one of them. If you key on Ure, then Carranza gets free with his, his running and and everything else. When you, key on ure like bodying you like that then he can spin off you and make a run and end up on your back shoulder real quick and all of that so there's all different ways well that also like, then you beat
2: you kill you, you, you kill on, on both and you have daniel that's Balzac.
0: that's the big yeah, thing yeah, yeah. there it,
1: for sure um yeah like if you're gonna if you're gonna beat the union at their best you better have the two cbs figured out like, on the same page, and you better have a defensive midfielder that knows what the hell he's doing positionally, because their triangle work is just elite. Like, their passing, they don't even have to look at their other guy to get the ball to them. Like, there is, like, a feel of, like, an old Barcelona to the way that they, like, are building up and passing in It's the stuff we saw last season, and the fact that it just hasn't gone away is just an ode to how much chemistry they've built up together up top. Like those three, just, I really don't have many notes.
0: Yeah, and I would say it's across the board, too. Like, I would say it's not just them, too. I think there are other triangles and other groups of players on the field who are figuring it out. I think when God's Dog, especially, drifts out left and and you get McGlynn and Wagner and him just like dinking the ball around a little bit, like then one of them all of a sudden takes off down the line. And it's like, Oh, look, that guy's free down the line uh, to stick across in the box and all that kind of stuff. It just, it makes it really hard to beat this team. And that's what for 90% of this game, well, maybe not even 90%, 75% of this game, at least the union were at their best. And, And the way that they have been, you know, for, for, all of last season. And then I think, yeah, like you said, they let they let their foot off the gas. I think, you know, you get that one where I don't know what the Toronto defense was thinking, but Ure just runs in. Gazdog's clearly offside, but like, Ure's not. And like, nobody follows Ure. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to stick this one past Sean Johnson. It's like, well, you can't... Gazdog <laughs> didn't influence the play. He stood there while Ure ran past him. Like, you got to follow the runners too. Um, and so... Yeah, it's uh you know, and then after that it felt like they did take their foot off the gas and started these little back heel flicks and things like that that never actually came off and it's like that's not the union but like it's fine cuz you're up for nothing in the game. Uh and so it's it is what it is, but um and and, and you said Paul too like uh if you're going to beat the union you got to have a solid defensive midfielder and your your center backs have to have things figured out. And Toronto, we do have to say, I mean, they were missing Michael Bradley and they were missing Matt Hedges, uh, which those are two big misses, especially against a team like a Union. But to not take anything away from the Union, they did play the team that was on the field, and they did play them rather well. And uh, I think, you know, to your earlier point, Chuck, like you have to – it's going to be interesting to see if they can follow this up on Wednesday. And if they can follow it up with a good performance on Wednesday – then you go, okay, maybe the Union are back. Um, but it's, it's well, um, putting a string of performances together at this point.
2: Yeah, and we also just know that the only way that the Union win against LAFC is by scoring goals. Like, you can defend LAFC all you want, but they're still going to score. So you have to score more than them. And this is a team that is one of the few in MLS that has proven that they can keep up goal for goal. So um, it was just very refreshing to finally see the entire team unleashed, like Kai Wagner make a miraculous recovery to magically be back at his best just in time for the most important game of the season. Because like, I mean, I still do believe that with where we are right now on the roster, that he's the most irreplaceable person on it. Um, And performances like this kind of show that because every amazing offensive performance that we've seen has him just flying up the left flank. And as we've seen, um, Nathan Harrell and Matt can't do that. It's
1: certainly looking like they have their one side completely figured out. And it also has to speak to the credit of Leon Flock is no longer the shuttling midfielder beside Bedoya. He has been replaced by young boy. The young.
2: I. I... But, but even that's even, but that's even pushing Flock to be better. No, fun. Of course. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's not. Yeah. Enough. Cause
2: it's, cause it's like his, his perform. Yeah. His performances now have been great. And even in one of his recent pressers, like I'm pretty sure Jim Carton was like, I kind of, I wanted to start him based on, like, his performances, but you kind of can't when you also have Jack McClinn doing that. So it's, like, it's a good problem to have with two left-sided shuttling midfielders in form, but um, you can only start one, and right now, as long as Kai Wagner is the left-back, it needs yep. to be McLean.
0: Yeah, and I think I think what's fun about this game on Wednesday, um, or these games the next two Wednesdays, uh, is is there is that element of revenge and all of that. So I think McGlynn is going to be at his best because he knows what he missed out on. I guess at the end of last season, uh, Bedoya being back and healthy is gonna is you know he's he knows what he missed out on um, in that game, and so I think it is going to be. Um, an interesting it's, it's gonna be an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, I don't want to get too much into the revenge stuff, I kind of hate that it's a new season, new game, new, uh, you know, LAFC. But you know, cool damn a you know that's damn what's going well through Alejandro Badoya's mind. Oh, yeah, Badoya definitely. This
2: because, is... <sighs> <sure>. yeah, m- <laughs> missing that and then being like just I alone can be the difference in this team emerging with a different result this time around. Yeah,
0: they better have a mic in the in the pregame huddle to hear Bedoya's.
1: <laughs> there are going to be so some be. spicy takes and spicy words in that pregame talk for sure. <laughs> uh, this game coming up is First. undoubtedly the matchup of the season. I don't care about the regular season fixture in September. I feel like Supporter Shield is not a thing that we need to be worried about right now. Uh, it needs to be this game, and for the hottest no, we're not. and for the hottest <laughs> game of the season, we go with the hottest sauce that I have, which is actually called the Last Dab. You might know it from a te- from a show online uh, for being uh, over two million on the Scoville scale. Um, so here we go.
0: Paul's not gonna be able to talk for the rest of the episode, so Chuck, we can just uh, go back and forth. No, and but on. I'm,
1: I'm just yeah, really um, excited that there's no Gareth Bale to ruin this for me uh, anymore for because
2: sure. um, there's 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 Dennis Boranga.
1: Okay, but it's not Gareth Bale. Like I don't have a inherent reason to uh, <laughs> to uh, hold a grudge against. This guy, like Gareth Bale has done that enough to me as a player over his career that, uh oh my God, uh, <laughs> that uh, it'll, it'll feel a little nicer that they have to come into our park. They have to come into uh, our grounds and try to do this thing on a cold Wednesday in Chester. I, there's a nice feeling to that. Like I, I worry, I worry more about this fixture than the away fixture, to be honest, because if you're not going to see Peak Union here, you're you're not going to see it back on their ground. You're ju- you're just you're not. You have to meet this challenge head on with your best roster, and the fact that they didn't get any injuries on Saturday means that this is going to be a really hot matchup. Real hot.
0: Yeah, and it's <laughs> just like that just like Yeah, awesome. I just hit
1: the back of my throat. Um,
0: uh I think I think um MLS obviously knows how important this fixture is, deciding to give LAFC the week off. Yeah, it off. must be yeah, that's nice. Fucking bullshit. Must
1: be nice.
2: Like even though they didn't so, plan ahead I,
0: like Ernst Tanner did.
2: Yeah, it's like, yes, do they deserve the week off? Sure. Um, if you're going to make these schedule quirks the way you did and have teams like plan things properly, um, it's very annoying that they did this, but at least, um, I mean, it is good at the end of the day that both teams will be on equal footing. And I guess they will be at a disadvantage when it comes to the supporter shield race, because they'll have to now play two double game weeks because with um moving the original El Trafico to the fourth of July and now moving this game, um something's gonna have to be on an
1: Yeah, they and can't board. make the schedule or the season longer for LA. Uh they they haven't done a rule yet that would allow that, I should say. Uh because I don't want to I don't want to jinx bet? myself. <laughs> They don't have that rule yet. So we do have... Some I was going to say,
2: we don't We rule. don't know the rule book anymore because it's written every day.
1: You're, yes, you're absolutely right. That is uh, not a novel that is finished yet. Oh, I'll tell you. Good flavor on that sauce, though. But, uh... It's an oven. It's an oven it's in my mouth. I uh don't understand why people would put this on I guess regular human food. <laughs> I'm I'm a little confused right now. Uh and also
0: You own it, so I don't I don't know.
1: It was a birthday gift. <laughs> Not a very good one.
0: You're doing better than I expected you to.
2: Whew.
1: Uh but yeah. I expect to feel this same way come kickoff time on Wednesday, because uh, this is it. Like this is this is the game. It really, really is. Like throw throw the rest of the season out the window for a brief second and enjoy this chaos that's going to be Wednesday night. It's going to be a hell of a Concacaf game. I have a feeling it's going to be a classic, and I think it is going to be three two Union.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean. I think the challenge that you have in this game is the. Unlike everywhere else in the world, who has done away with the rule, the away goals thing is still in play. Uh. So I'd hope we don't give up that many right. goals. Away from home. Um. Like or at our at our own park. I know we're not going to shut LAFC out, but. I mean I guess it doesn't matter if we finish with more goals than that. Right? But I I don't want to get into a spot where we're having okay. to score 5 or something, you know, crazy uh, I, in LA. Would
2: you well, would you rather need to score 5 in LA or go to another penalty shootout? I'm taking the 5 in LA. I don't I don't think I trust this team in a
1: shootout. They haven't shown me that they could win it in a shootout.
2: I don't know if I trust the team in a shootout against L.A. again. In L.A.
0: I don't know. There's something to uh, demons being released. If you get a second shot at something, maybe you... Look, I I don't know. I don't, I don't, I just don't think we score, we don't score five in LA. I'm
1: all for what you're putting forward here, Justin, right? It is the setup to really overcome that soccer adversity that they went through last season. Um, You gotta, you gotta give me something to go off here, though. I'm not gonna sit here and just blindly believe that this team, uh, first of all, I I don't want to be naive enough that they've recreated this game time situation and have practiced it over and over again because um that's maybe not the best use of your time but um I just uh, I don't know it, it with last season leaving such a bad here's... taste in my mouth I'm not buying it I'll take <clears throat> the fighting back for goals here's in a regular time
0: here's the thing that worries Here's the thing that worries me about this game and and it doesn't it, in every in every <laughs> one of these classics against LA we've played um it is uh it is despite the striker's performance that we've gotten the results that we've gotten uh and so the reality is for Uh, Even just thinking back to the final, like you don't have Corey Burke in overtime of this game to be almost injuring goalkeepers and getting them red cards and et cetera. You don't have... um, And like Jack Elliott's not going to score a brace for you every game you play against LAFC. And Jacob Glezdez is not going to put a 40-yard screamer into the back of the net every game against LAFC. So, I think it's on Ure and Carranza again, just like they did against Toronto, to get on top of L.A. early and and make L.A. come from behind. But then you better be focused in the second half to not give up goals. Uh, and the worst thing that Union can do is even if you get up 3-1, to one, don't give up that trash second goal in the 87th minute. To you so, know, allow this team to have a second away goal, like that's why you got to got to shift your thinking on this game.
2: Yeah, the good thing is, like, I don't think you need to worry about that because the problem is with what we've seen so far this season is that with the highs that this team has hit, how can you motivate them for a regular season game? Like, right? It's they just expect to win. They go out there they play how they play and they still usually win. Um this completely different animal. Like they know that this is the one team that has had our number recently. And like while even like the games have still been close after last year, everything's just been on beat LA, beat LA. Um so if they if they go ahead, like I I definitely agree that they're not gonna shut them out, but I do see them only allowing like one goal at Subaru Park. Um I'm a little bit more concerned in the away leg, but we don't have to worry about that yet because it's just play the best you can on your park and then put things into their hands. And I think with that, like 2-1 or even 3-1 Union are really in, like, results that could happen on Wednesday night.
1: That's why my middle ground prediction is 3-2. Because I unfortunately think that garbage second goal is going to come. But it is still legally... And probably from a feeling perspective, a nice win to get. You know, everyone's going to be sitting here worried yeah. that, oh, no, we had to go back to LA. Take your moment. Breathe. You've beaten this team. You did it. You did it on a night yeah. that you had to. You did it on a night where they had more rest than you. You did it. And you take that. You, you compartmentalize it and you take it forward in this season knowing that you can beat the best talent in this league in any kind of stakes in a game. Which should, in theory, lead you right back to MLS Cup Final because now you're built for this moment. You've had an entire playoff experience, you've had the heartbreak and the letdown of it, and you have now have another chance with all the cohesion and no turnover. Really, no turn. 95% no turnover. Uh, to really go out and do this again. But that's what makes this, 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 this game the most important game of the season. And I will not be going forward and rehashing this later on. I'll try not to do it more than twice, but, like, it's now. (laughs) Like, Wednesday, get excited. This is it. This is going to be the measure.
0: I would agree. And I think if you can dominate this game and and not even necessarily scoreline wise, you know, I don't think you have to win the game four to one or something. But if you can dominate this game, put a good performance in, um, win the game, um, like, yeah, that gives you a lot of confidence headed back to L.A. And I think the team has shown that they can perform in L.A. So uh, how do you come back and and do it again in L.A.? Um, If you win this game, then just don't lose in L.A. and you'll be good. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's all good, but you got to play this game first. You can't get, you can't get suckered into looking at the next game. You got to play this game first, play this game the best you can go on in the next game. And I think if you can get out of these two legs and get past LA, like that's going to bode well for the rest of the season.
1: This has been, yeah, this well, has been
0: really fun guys. <laughs> like, you know, the,
1: with the union giving us something genuinely, you know, showing us some life. It's yeah, been really exciting sure. to talk about, and I really appreciate the fans here, uh, oh, no, the, like all one? the fans really who have like stuck through us through so many different things. Um, this is just—it's been a really good time, and I want you all to know how much I appreciate this community <laughs> we have built here at Views from the Bridge. This is all three sauces combined. Um, this is for you guys. Cheers. You know, just. Thank you for sticking with Views from the Bridge, your Paul. second favorite union podcast.
2: Paul, are you, a-
0: are you okay? Yeah. At VFTV Pod, if you have anything to say to <laughs> Paul or any of the rest of us, Paul's gonna go tug a glass of milk after this and hopefully get all of the spicy burningness out of his mouth. And, uh, and then we're gonna watch Uh, the Union hopefully be LA on Wednesday Uh, and we'll probably be back with another episode to talk about the second leg so uh, hopefully it'll be a fun episode not a negative episode but uh, until then at VFTB Pod Um, it's gonna be great have a good one that's it for another episode of season 5 of Views from the Bridge you can find us all over the internet Facebook Instagram and Twitter at VFTB Pod did you enjoy the show and want to show your support there are two ways. You can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com slash vftb for our latest merch. Or buy severe at ko-fi.com slash vftbpod. Thanks for your listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.